You're listening to Two Beers Until Phrenesis, a philosophy podcast by students and graduates. Whether you've never heard of philosophy or have a philosophy PhD, we hope you enjoy these conversations as we discuss some of life's big questions over a few beers. Enjoy. something I wrote an essay on and I did a little talk at the Humanities Research Conference for it and uh, it's on probably one of the more academically underappreciated fields of in religion which is UFO movements and cults and religions that kind of come from looking at unidentified flying objects. Do you guys know any examples? Yeah we know I think I know a couple because I've looked at the I read, 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 read the essay, go to mm. two beers until phrenesis, which I thought was spelled with an F, but it's not, it's a PH. Knowledge. Yeah, well, I mean, like, probably I suppose one of the biggest ones would be, I mean, if you don't, you know, if you're counting Scientology, that one, but then you've got, like, radianism and stuff like that, which is considered probably the biggest. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, ones that people, yeah, like, yeah, people were watching earlier, the Heaven's Gate interviews and the Heaven's Gate... Uh, weirdness that went on there and I think a lot of people are sort of familiar with that just for the, the sort of infamy that that movement sort of had um, yeah usually they have a certain element of notoriety about them um, yeah people they're fringe groups they're, and, and I think they're kind of blown out of proportion because they're not that common but Raelianism is a little bit different because Raelianism is still going it wasn't just like a, a 30 people suicide cult Raelianism is this big religion centred around UFOs and of course Scientology is the biggest but Scientology is kind of exempt categorically from the others because they're probably the only UFO religion to officially deny that they believe in UFOs. Right, so yeah, they don't like acknowledge that. Yeah, it, it, there's Xenos and Thetans and stuff. I mean, I, th- I think it's best if we save Scientology to later, but like, mm. yeah, I think they're a little bit different when we're talking about UFO movements because right. mo- most of these movements are just really overtly into the whole idea of like flying saucers and lasers and spaceships and all that crap and what what other sort of cults are you know relatively well known so there was what it's like Athelians Athelians um, the one with it's like George King 1955 or something kind of like remember just reading something about that um subgenius uh, sub- oh cult of the subgenius yeah yeah um and there's all the Fiat Lux and there's 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 all kinds of weird things it, it's very hard to research on this kind of stuff though. that was one of the major things I found uh, there's like no information, credible information anywhere. So I had to trawl through like '90s websites, mm. you know, where they got little graphics and shit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Alien en- enter, like, beam up here, and like people discovered like animations and shit. So it's awesome, it's hilarious. How do you think most of these things start? Um, so that obviously when we're talking about UFO movements, we have to be a little bit more clear. First of all, what we're saying. Um, so obviously people saw things in the sky before the sort of 20th century but generally they had they were signals or signs they weren't vessels no. um, they started to become vessels probably around World War One-ish and then it was more like oh it's it's the enemy it's a, it's a military weapon and it wasn't until later when science fiction writing really became a thing that people started to interpret these things I mean there are a few uh, counter examples to that uh, there are accounts of not very good accounts but there are accounts of um, sort of angels stepping out of spheres of light and things but it's yeah, sort of vague enough to be like yeah we can now interpret that as ufos from our sort of modern perspective can't we yeah that's the thing i think we're reading back a bit too much on that kind of stuff it really starts as, a, as its own phenomenon around about the 1940s and then later on with that through the saucer craze in like the the 50s and 60s i guess and th- then you have uh, the influence of counterculture and spirituality and stuff like that would you say that the movements that sort of started a lot more in the 50s and 60s were as a consequence of like film particularly you know like sort of horror boot yeah, there's movies a, there's things. a massive uh, overlap with um, kind of yeah popular fiction uh, War of the Worlds and that kind of stuff I don't know yeah the, 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 the imagery like right at the end of that was like 1897 I think War of the Worlds um, yeah, yeah well, the, the, it was quite early quite a lot earlier yeah not the HG Wells but the like the film Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, the radio plays and things. Yeah, it g- gave that imagery to it. Um, the whole idea of a flying saucer, you know. Um, so I, I wrote it was an identifiable social movement, ex- almost exclusively Western, 
which to a notable degree is concerned with the existence of unidentified flying objects, and I think this is probably the most important part when we're talking about religion, their implications on mankind. Yeah. Um, they always, these, in, with these UFO movements, this is what separates a, a UFO movement from someone just saying, I saw a saucer. It's like, <laughs> you've got a group which um, kind of unanimously agrees that these beings have an agenda with us. It's like a purpose and it's like, yeah. it's like that's why we were talking about, about the animals, it's like that we have a place. It's like the same sort of idea of like finding a place mm. that we have a part in to play in like some grand egg-shaped man's yeah. scheme of the world. Mm. Yeah, what's what's the word for like religions that, I can't remember the word now, it's, it's, um, it begins with M and it's like for religions that have like prophesied some big change that will happen or some doomsday thing that will happen. Um, uh, uh, that characterizes it like um, like when you look at stuff like cargo cult religions and things in um, Micronesia and es- those sort of things. Eschatology? Are we no, thinking I, of end times? Well, I'll, I'll look it up, but um, but yeah, no, but it's it's, it's um, sort of like a lot of UFO religions kind of have these characteristics of. Uh, do you mean like apocalyptic, or do you mean? Yeah, it, well, it can be apocalyptic. It just it's just they're characterized by a sudden like massive social change that will bring about either an apocalypse or a great social change that will um, completely. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, I mean, that's true of many religions. Yeah, just particularly like common in uh, like co- very colonialized, very small societies that are very back behind on technology from the Western world because they would sort of idolize, you know, like like in the kind of cult things, they would idolize, you know, sort of Western things that they saw and uh, and have these like weird systems that built built around seeing technology they didn't understand and mm. um, yeah, I'll, I'll look it up. So. Yeah, so I said about millennials in cargo cults have you seen these uh, I haven't it's like I, I, we dropped like a little line I was like first of all I was like what are they and then you sort of explained a little bit but people just tribes that basically worship planes they think their vessels piloted by higher beings yeah but it's like why wouldn't they it's, exactly it's like one of those things that's like millenarianism millenarianism that's what it's called right okay yeah, but we, basically, we got the <laughs> there's some some there's some like uh some graduate student listening to this just going fucking millionaireism whatever it is new word yeah. of the day legionnaire's so. disease but um yeah they, they, I think they during World War Two it might have been uh, a tribe saw a runway built yeah um they didn't inter- really interact with the pilots I think they're RAF pilots and I think they were using like a, a bit of the Amazon to refuel them. Coming down, you've got all your masks. Attack well. Germans. Yeah, yeah. So, basically, they watched, they observed this, then the the RAF, like, left. And they went down and um, recreated what they'd seen using twigs and everything. So they even had, like, a control tower and That's planes. so cool. Just out of twigs. Cool. Sort of mock-up airport. So yeah. they were trying to mm. copy, they were seeing something that's like a... Mm. And they were doing like a veneration by building themselves. Yeah. Like a, I mean, there's there's lots of like still lots of cultures in Micronesia. Well, I mean, just they still have like interesting little. Uh, I know I know around Guam, um, some of the smaller islands around Guam in Micronesia. There's still like a tradition every Christmas Day of um, the the U.S. military actually doing like dropping packages and stuff into like some of these little island areas that are called oh. like it's called like Operation Christmas Drop or something. Awesome. Um, and so yeah, you have like these interesting little um, cultures that are almost formed around. A lot of what happened during World War Two, when you had, especially in the, especially in the sort of Pacific in Micronesia, Polynesia, and these sort of areas, um, where so there were lots of like resupplying going on for troops in those areas that were actually deployed from the U.S. and, and also Japanese troops as well. Yeah, yeah. And sort of before a lot of those relationships really de- deteriorated with the locals, um, yeah, there would be this interesting sort of thing going on where you know there would be lots of Western troops that were moving through and being resupplied, and some of the Western troops would interact with the locals and they would use the locals as guys and give them. Um, Western stuff and that sort of thing, and um, yeah, and that the lo- that's a lot of how like uh, some of these things would have developed in the first place was, and that's that's where you started to see a massive increase in the number of cargo cults. It was around sort of the nineteen forties, but um, yeah, there are examples even before that. Um, there's there's quite there's quite funny. I think one, uh, I don't think it is gone, but it's yeah, it's like Melanesia. Um, there's there was like a sort of religion or a cargo cult called, it's called like Tom Ford or something it's called like the religion of Tom Ford and they, they worship like it was just some random American dude who like you know was a soldier or something and, there's also, and uh, I think it's Joe Navy as well it's like another it's just like they have, <laughs> well, this, they have this spiritual figure called like Joe Navy or something you know where it's like clearly you, you um, know the tribe that worship Prince Philip Yes, really. yeah, 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 yeah. And didn't he go and visit them? I swear he visited oh, yeah, them. Oh yeah, I think I think he might have visited them a couple of times. <laughs> Such a narcissist. They love that. Yeah, mm. 
He would, wouldn't he? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I yeah, he's like a god in there. Do you know what? To be fair, Prince Philip's basic god in my eyes, actually. It's I don't know where it can't, was. Can't do no wrong. I actually, have, <laughs> I actually have quite a lot of love for him. And I don't know where it was, but I know it was on the the Morning of Life, I think, or Idiot Abroad, one of them. The mm. car building and things. Do they visit that place? Yeah, he goes. Oh, right, they, yeah. He goes there, and um, do they have just like shrines that Prince Philip? Yeah, and, and and obviously Carl's looking at it, and he's like. You know, um, better than most religions because they can actually have a chat with their god. And it's like, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> to an extent. That's hilarious. So yeah, um, the the agenda is like a massive, massively important aspect to this. So it ranges from kind of really scientific to the really religious. Obviously, we were watching the Heaven's Gate stuff, and they were talking. I don't know. They were talking about extraterrestrials, and then they were swapping that out for language about the kingdom of heaven. And it's like this really weird syncretic mash of they've borrowed things they've taken ideas yeah. from like Christianity or Judaism and gone and even Star Trek in their in their lexicon they've got um, just they would use words like beam me up and it's like <laughs> just 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 a strange mixture of different things and um, spirituality and sci-fi yeah. yeah so looking at like more solid examples so we'll start with like the, the most overtly religious of all of these uh, Raelianism. So you, you've you've looked at Raelianism, have you? All I know, because I literally went on the Wikipedia as preparation. I went, I looked at Wikipedia. I was like, what's the biggest ones? Okay, we got like Raelianism. Um, that just seemed. It, it, all I know about it is it's quote the biggest um, known UFO religion. That's pretty mm. much as far as my understanding of Raelianism goes. So. Yeah, it came from a guy called Rael. I think he's Dutch or French, and he um, he's got a little ponytail. Yeah. And uh, dresses in white, and he's oh dear. <laughs> Yeah. The, uh, it's quite safe though it's like one of the ones where they, they're more like focused on having living a good life and yeah it's, so it's got this weird UFO thing yeah, can, can it have good can it be like can the outcomes be good despite the fact you're worshipping something a little bit kooky I think yeah I think like most of the kooky shit um, in that sense from that comes from the kind of 60s mentality or the the, the kind of neo-wiccan stuff and the the little green man stuff I think most of it's pretty safe Like, and that was one of the main things I found on balance, most of these religions and movements are salvific. Like they're all to do with positive stuff and affirming human behaviour. I mean, Raelianism is is pretty much the best example of that because there's pretty much. So, if I remember correctly, these aliens that we're supposed to sort of worship are our ancestors or creators. Oh yes, it's, it's rene- it was renegade scientists. Yeah. That's right, renegade scientists. Was that yeah? Like that's, yeah, like that's gene- genetic. Yeah. yeah, Renegade scientists that created humanity. One basically. of which was called Yahweh. Yahweh. So yeah. like the Jewish yeah. god. That's so cool. so all of our gods. So, so they're already drawing on mm. you know. Oh yeah, well this was also referenced in this. See, this that? is what I mean by overtly religious. So basically, yeah. these all of our gods are explained as being these beings. Yeah. And since they created us, we have to be worthy of their of our inheritance so we've inherited this world it, it, it's like yeah it's just a different creation myth and then the morality around that is kind of like don't fight each other and have wars and there's like there's no you know, the sexual connotations of religion so there's no like sex is, a, is all good like thumbs up that's fine that gets a pass um, but like war doesn't so the only things they really deny about our behaviour are the, the really destructive shit everything else yeah. is affirmed so um, I mean, yeah, it's quite nice, really. It's pretty um, harmless. Is this a yeah? Is this, this become like a you, yes, John, a UFO religion? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna. Yeah, I was just gonna hand out some fucking pamphlets. Join not worshiping. I'm still a bit skeptical of any any religion that's is based off God created this, and therefore you have to be worthy of whatever. Exactly. Oh yeah, feels, the, that just yeah. feels a bit. The source mm. of authority is like, well, what makes them in charge? Like, yeah. create us fine. Like, we can create life whenever we like we can clone something it doesn't make us in charge of it well we've already made synthetic life as well we've made synthetic yeah. cells already. if to bind something you have to adhere to these kind of arbitrary rules that to me is like a major red flag yeah. for any kind of well it, yeah that's the thing it, it's not this religion isn't I mean they're not going around forcing anyone to do anything it, no. so it's it's fairly benign I think and, and so are the Elohim the aliens that they worship they're not they're not here to attack us or anything but that's, that is until you get to like Heaven's Gate and Scientology I guess yeah like as far as well I mean there is a little bit of so they've pressured governments to 
I think no one's ever funded it or going to fund it, but they want to build, I think it's like seven embassies to welcome the Elohim to our planet. And that, that's going to be the, that's yeah. going to be the, the, oh, you should, you need to go and see these videos online. It's like, um, nineties little graphics videos of like, like clip art. Of, of yeah. what the Elohim look like. No, of, of what the embassies are going to look like. You lay out, it's like, there's going to be a cafe here. And all, it, it's this what they send to like all the governments. It's like, this, this is just, yeah, this is legit just a scam. We selected you to, to, you know, build our airport. And you know we, we can trade and everything and, and human. It's going to be a utopia once they come because they'll give us everything we ever need and we'll give them friendship. But they can only they can only come if you build a, a special building with a cafe in it. <laughs> Despite the fact that they're like genius scientists who created Earth on a whim, it's like we have to build them a special reception area or else they won't land. Yeah. One of the they're other really part. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see the guy who, you know, the the town planning guy who got that like who had to sit through their brief. You've <laughs> just been like going absolutely mental. One of the other positive ones I've just looked, seen on my, on my list: the Universal Industrial Church of the New World Comforter. What is that? Comforter. Oh, the U I C N W C. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, the the pessimistic ones you just mentioned, like the so the heaven's gate <laughs> stuff. So yeah, you still have that agenda, but yeah, then we're... they're coming down to tell us that we're and there's a dualism usually as well. So. Not only are they coming down to tell us that certain behaviours are wrong, but that our bodies aren't really ourselves yeah. and that ourselves are somewhere else. Like The consciousness mm. will transform into some other plane of existence or yeah. some alien race or body or something. Well, I mean, that's, you know, I, I hate to keep bringing up Scientology prematurely, but again, you know. <laughs> we're getting there. It's, it's hard not to at this point. Just, like, like, just crank up the handle yeah. and spit a fire. This is like one of these things where we sort of like. We feel like we have to give the other ones a mention before we just yeah, start talking well. about volcanoes. Right, yeah. Because Scientology is such a crazy topic. But unfortunately, yeah, it, it sort of dominates the conversation when you talk about prominent UFO religions. And I know virtually nothing about Yeah, well, that's the thing. That they, they, do, they do lack a kind of prominence. I, yeah, I mean, they have a, a big social impact, especially the, the suicidal cults and things. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, really, in terms of religions that overtly mention UFOs, there aren't really that many. The guy that um, I got a lot of this from, he's one of the people putting serious work into this stuff. Um, I had a few Skype kind of lectures from him. I think his name's Eric Ostling or something, and he's, he's got like. His name's Yahweh. He, he looks like he should be in a. He's Swedish, he looks like he should be in a metal band. But, um, <laughs> like, apart from, apart from him, there's like. I don't know, I, I kind of want to draw a parallel with philosophers that don't want to talk about video games because they don't think it's. You know, I think it's, it's, it's not, not worth, not worth the time. But I think it's such an interesting phenomenon. As long as you approach it with the right framing, mm. I think I think no subject is is really. Yeah, it's culturally significant these things, and they yeah. you know, they do have an important impact on you know how modern faith has evolved and goes down all these really strange avenues. And also, it, I think it reveals other interesting parts about how all these religions are kind of tied together and what are the fundamental constituents of what what is causing people to develop these sort of systems of faith and belief and mm. yeah yeah with Heaven's Gate obviously that was a massive thing where they all committed suicide I think one of the guys did um, was it Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie Nettles Bonnie Nettles yeah, yeah, yeah. Bonnie Nettles died before but we just watched the induction tape how about writers in the viewers <laughs> well we watched we watched um, we watched half of the first part of the induction tape and yeah it's the eye contact the, the sort of charisma and the the urgency. That's, that's another thing in Scientology. They um, they they, uh, they do that thing called like ice like staring. Oh, they stare at you for as long like as possible. Fifteen minutes, yeah. and you just sit there and you just lock eyes with someone, yeah. and it gets you over like normal human social conditioning. Well, I remember so, um, Sam kind of, Harris kind of cool. mentioned it. Um, he would he would often like stare people in the eyes like he was going to make love to them. He said eye gazing. Yeah, it's, yeah. They, they do it in sort of Buddhism, which is again it is sort of taking like ideas from other religions like oh that that's kind of effective mm. and then it's like with things you're sort of seeing the birth of a religion like in something like heaven's gate so they've got a lot of source material to sort of choose from and imagine other religions sort of did this where they looked at other cults and other things they were looking at and then sort of in the same way that christianity adopts loads of like pagan ideas and loads of ideas that are sort of happening at the same time, and loads of like, judeo-christian ideas. yeah so we had this conversation in the pub yesterday about what constitutes a legitimate religion as opposed to I mean, we're throwing up a lot of words here. We're throwing up like movement, cult, and religion. Gotta get those definitions. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I, th- I think it's understandable by what we're saying, though, isn't it? So yeah. We all know what we're saying. Yeah, we know what we're saying, but I do I do want to move on to it, maybe, because... I suppose if we're trying to start to unpack what is the difference between a religion and a cult, then yes, we if, need to yeah. start... If only there were seven, seven easy steps to identify yeah, well, religion. Oh. So, Ninian Smart, he <laughs> oh. came up with uh, the seven dimensions of religion. Uh, I'm going to read them out. So, rituals, uh, narrative and mythic, experiential and emotional, social and institutional ethical and legal doctrinal and philosophical and material so all those elements basically make up what a religion is can you is. break down I'll some, break down a yeah. few of them because they are yeah so rit- rituals rituals are fine we, we're all pretty much okay with that okay some form of regular practice that sort of uh, he's, it forms and orders of ceremonies okay. private or public often regarded as revealed narrative and mythic so obviously stories that explain who we are and why we like it. Mm-hmm. Um, experiential and emotional. Uh, okay, yeah, dread, guilt, or mystery. Inner peace, bliss. Yeah, okay. So, the feeling you get from... Uh, like, things like the numinous, I guess, would come under that as well. Like, the feeling of being small and of witnessing something majestic in creation. Um, social and institutional. So, being part of a community, shared ideas, attitudes, okay. Um ethical and legal rules about human behaviour okay revealed from a supernatural supernatural realm um yeah so I mean all that's really understandable but then a lot of those you could pretty much apply to any club yeah especially if you tweak a couple of words and I think so just take, take for example like so the local bowls club let's say yeah so you, you, you past remove tradition about wins where who came from where, yeah the, they have the, the lineage and history of the club the ritual of meeting up every mm-hmm. week what's the second one narrative and mythic so yeah you can just have a, a story a legacy about the the founder of the the bowls club and its place in the community for yeah and also you're creating your own narrative and mythic by sort of competing Ex- experiential and emotional i mean a game is euphoric that is often said about bowls yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you see people rolling on the floor their eyes crossed yeah they're going to have um, <laughs> fucking bowls club <laughs> yeah so they're, they're going to have all, all these aspects really the only thing that I think separates it is the metaphysical uh, there's no divine or anything but then I think you, you can sort of just like, maybe, maybe, it's not like, yeah, maybe it's not like football you can almost say like luck and like, yeah, you know, even like then, I think there is spirit. a metaphysical element. There, there is, there is like, a, they don't talk about it like, oh yeah, there's like a god or whatever, but it's like something like skill, something like luck or something like. There's like always like, oh yeah, it's our time to do this. It's now, and it's like mm. a sort of, so a of fate. yeah, it's a fate. Yeah. There's yeah. like fate coming, which is almost like a degree of like metaphysical. And I think um, we apply that to something like something a lot more negative, like uh, a, a regime or something. Saying there's no metaphysics in that, like Nazism. Yeah, I wasn't going to say Nazism because yeah, you knew you it's that rule, it's isn't the, it? It's the, whoever ventures the Nazis loses. It bows law. But it's so yeah. easy because we can go like, so and now, and now we've said, now we've said Nazis, right? So they saying, the saying got, there's no metaphysics. Like we fucking know. It's like you, you can yeah. do it with cold parts because we're like, ah, oh, I'm so historically ignorant. <laughs> I don't actually know what the fuck he did. But when he says that, um, I don't know, Aryans are better and Jews are lower. That's an ontological distinction. It is basically metaphysics. Yeah. At that point, it's not. I mean, it, I, I suppose it is appealing to some defunct form of social science that's really scientifically ignorant. But at the same time, I don't think they cared about that. I think they that, just believed it. Or that whatever. was the reinforced point. They had, they had like a thing they were looking for, and they just found some things to back it up. Yeah. That. So there's that ontological distinction, which I've, I, I yeah, I, I think that's basically. It may as well be metaphysics, like yeah. into in, in a functional sense. I don't think there's any difference between a regime like that and something like this. Or well, like, like, uh, like Russia at the moment. There, it's like a veneration for Putin that's almost like godlike. Or yeah. Like. So when I think people say religion, I think really what they mean is just this, which is common across pretty much everything. But they just mean a supernatural version of this. So do you so yeah, do you think that definition holds up as a def- or do you think it's just not complete enough? You think I it's think an it's extra step before you can get to what? I think it's certainly useful. Um 
I think religion is hard enough to define. People, academics are still working on it now. Um, oh I think, God. I think it's, it's, do you think it's just one of those? It's you know, what that judge said when he was talking about pornography. Like you know it. I know, yeah, I know yeah, it yeah, when yeah. I see it. You know, do you reckon I, I, there's that sort of pragmatic step with religion where it's like we kind of can all say religion and we all have an idea in our heads what we mean when we say religion. But at the same time, if we're trying to get into the nitty gritty and the grey areas of it, it's it actually becomes very difficult to pin down. I think if I was going to maybe give a definition, I'd say it. it it's something that appeals to a, a higher sense of power than just ourselves. Hmm. Um, a, a transcendent being or set of beings that, and the rules are infallible and that the, the premise of that, that state of affairs existing is non-negotiable. Right, but then but again, it's like we, we can then pull that parallel to fascism again. And well, house, and yeah, but uh, house music. I, I actually, apart from the right. supernatural element, I don't actually think there is a difference between mm. regimes. I, I'm not saying because they're both mm. as horrible as each yeah. other, yeah. But um, Richard Dawkins kicks down the door. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> religion is just a regime! It like, runs out. <laughs> but um, same, with, same with a particularly fanatic football club. I, I think so long as there's that level of foot dogmatism there and I don't mean to use dogmatism in a in a particularly negative light it's not something I agree with but I think it's uh, you know I kind of have this Kierkegaardian view of dogma I think it's it's a necessary component of religion even if you are religious you should admit that um, yeah I don't think there's any difference between secular and uh, uh, supernatural religions I think they're both pretty much the same the only difference being one secular one supernatural okay so yeah you just think it's, it's yeah it's, the distinction is this secular element it's this mm. um higher metaphysical aspect to it. Uh, the BBC just threw up a, well I say just, that they, this was a, an article I found this morning and they were looking at um, the fact that Scientology desperately wants to be recognised as a religion and not a cult. So they, yeah, tax. So they just, they threw up this definition and it, apparently the source is the Cult Information Centre. So uh, oh, there's a cult information centre. Apparently, that's where my tax dollars Isn't are going to be inherently biased. <laughs> <laughs> Probably <laughs> cult. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's run by Tom Cruise and fucking <laughs> Steven Seagal. So, interesting fact about Tom Cruise is that if you see a picture of him, he's got a tooth. Yeah, right, right in the middle of his face. Right 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 Symmetrical. It just, and now I can never you, once it. Once you see it, it, it's like an actual red pill moment. Really? It's like it's like finding God. It's like once you see it, it's just there forever. <laughs> just middle tooth, mate. It's harrowing. Definition of a cult. <laughs> <laughs> um, so use this psychological. Again, a lot of these can be applied to uh, certain denominations of mainstream religions. I think definitely. Uh, but so uses psychological coercion to recruit, indoctrinate, and retain members. So there's that intense socialization of people are often like if you look at cults like the Moonies Never heard of them. Right, well they um, they're quite big actually and they they, oh, they do I can't remember what the exact term for it is but they specifically target people that are lonely at events they don't talk about the Moonies and then they, they drop that in after they've made a few friends with yeah, lonely ones people yeah they're already in yeah to vulnerable people mm. uh, forms an elitist society well, I mean same could be said of you know, Catholicism or something uh, the founder or, or leader is well, this is founder leader, so I'm guessing a cult has to have that. I don't really think that's true, but it's self-appointed, dogmatic, messianic, charismatic, and unaccountable. Uh, believes the end justify the means in terms of raising funds and recruitment, uh, and its wealth does not benefit its members or society. I don't know. I think a lot of that is that's difficult because it's like one of the, are the cult leaders members of the cult? Yes, so that they're clearly benefited. Like, yeah, that's a little bit of a weird definition at the end there. Was it know. just proceeds? Did they say just money? Does wealth benefit? does not benefit its members or society? Okay. It's wealth. So so so, 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 so the wealth is just channeled up to a guy who's scamming it all basically. But that's the problem. It's like, but the guy who's scamming it is he a member of the cult or is yeah, he just? He's not outside it, is he? Yeah, so that's what I mean. So I, I don't know. I don't know about that last definition. Just uh, sort of I think there's weird. a lot of a lot of those things are a bit iffy. Mm, yeah, there's sort of a strange, and it's like, and you know, also the foundation leader definition where it's like a bit. It's very specific. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, to say it has to have all of those, I think, is missing mm. the mark a little bit. And I and I think probably one of the things they they haven't mentioned is the the notoriety socially that's involved in running a cult, like the. 
I think most of the the legitimacy of what determines whether something's mainstream or not is, you know, the the public opinion of it. And so I think to say something's a cult is probably that to say that most of society thinks it's bollocks. Yeah. Or it's recognised, or we, like you were saying about the, the the porn judge, it's like you look at it and go, that's a cult, as opposed to religion. There's there's some sort of vibe that we all get. There's a sort of external understanding. Justification yeah. for why. Yeah. The one thing I think that's not mentioned on there that springs to my mind whenever I hear the word cult is that it becomes difficult slash dangerous to exit. Yes. Once yeah. you're in there, Apostate, there's a lot of pressure, yeah. potentially even threats about leaving it. Um, mm. I don't know if that's sort of typically associated with what a cult is, but to me, that's the first thing I would think of. Mm. Yeah, those are very common. And I, trait, I, I think that can be because I, I I was speaking to someone at work yesterday, I think, and um, one of my managers, and they said that they uh, had difficulty in certain members of their family from uh, trying to date other people that were outside of their local church. Even mm. you know, I think this is something that that pervades all mainstream religion at times. I think um, you know most mainstream religions do a little bit of uh, propaganda, yeah, yeah and, and the yeah. us and them, the polarizing of. I think that's just inevitable. Like, if you have anything, if you have like mm. twenty people in the room, eventually you're gonna get a, mm. you're gonna get a couple of groups. You're gonna get an in group and that group. Right, well, just, us just sat here, you know. Yeah, already. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we formed, them. we formed an anti-Connor alliance. It's us versus whoever's. You know, whatever weirdos are listening to this yeah it's us versus Scientology yeah. so it's like watch out John Travolta you fuck you rapist you can dance your way out of this way. I don't know he's pretty good at dancing pretty pretty good. it's like if John Travolta came in and did a dance we're like oh, I, I forgive you yeah. <laughs> what even, so even in his cool. current like oh god I don't know if you've seen any pictures of him recently I haven't he's pretty dripping <laughs> is he? Yeah, I don't know. I know he has. He's not looking great. I, I actually don't know. I know he has like planes. Like he has like actual, like he has basically a fucking airfield. And he flies like like uh, like jet planes, like you know like normal tourist planes, and he just has one for himself. <laughs> that's how much money he has and gets from Scientology. As as well as doing like he's, he's fucking level forty two wizard or whatever the fuck it's called. Grand Theton, though. Yeah. Oh yeah, castration. That was a. <laughs> I just, I just, I'm just Whoa. looking for like a curveball. One eighty. So, um, Heaven's Gate. One of the rituals was castration. Fucking hell, really? Yeah. So this, this, this denial of, of just everything it means to be human. They just fucking hate being human. Do you think it's just like a really, really heightened form of like self hatred? Like, like we saw the videos of the people. They're probably not, you know. They're probably themselves. Yeah, they're probably not. Full of so like they, look, they definitely look lost, or they, at least they yeah. look very impressionable, and as if they could. Def- they're the sort of people you can imagine. Guided, they want can be to, guided. Yeah, they want to have that big father figure, or you know that. It's all awesome, and if you just go like, yeah, you need to be castrated. They sort of, they want to not be themselves enough to be like, yeah, I would rather believe that I'm a soul that can follow a comet mm. than be mm. the person I am now. Mm. So it's like it's well, like, I mean, that's like in that sort of preying on people is like. Like, the, like you said about the Moonies, but the fuck they were. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like praying, praying. It's, it's, and the Christians and like a lot of religions do the same. They knock on doors, and they're like, "Hello, oh cool, yeah, you you don't have grey hair, bye." And they just do that, and they just just pray, you, pray on people. Member recently died or something, you know, it's really predatory. Like, yeah, it's, it's actually. Pretty I know the, I know the Mormons great. came over. To, like when my mum, uh, my dad divorced my mum. Like <coughs> the Mormons were coming over. They yeah. they smelt blood in the water. You know, they're like oh vulnerable. With their rice pudding, yeah. like sharks. Yeah. yeah. In first year, I used to walk around a lot. Um, in town. Show off. <laughs> Show off. <laughs> Showing what off? In first year, I used to walk around a lot. Just to be. The man, the man about town, you know. No, I mean, I, I used to walk around on my own a lot, and Ooh, maverick. Mor- and Mormons would you write poetry in a graveyard. Yeah, and about, Mor- about, about the communist uprising. And Mormon, I'm not a communist. <laughs> and Mormons would just target me because I looked like a fucking mom. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I think uh, me and uh, Sam, not you, used to go and debate them a lot so we, we oh no you're hit slapping them yeah trying to but your gods is gay well they they just went well they were just like here's uh here's a picture of joseph smith 
and that's what happened. He dug, up, he dug up tablets in the desert yeah, that did. were written by God that only he could read, and then he destroyed them. <laughs> we had all the hitch slaps ready, like, um, so why did he write them in Egyptian? And he goes, yeah, Egyptian. I was like, no, why did he write them in Egyptian? So, what do you mean? Like, well, why weren't they in Hebrew? If they were an extension of the, the, the Bible, why would they be in Egyptian? That's weird. Yeah. And he was just like, I don't know. It's like, right, you haven't thought about this, have you? And it's like, I don't know. Just are they just there for like the? I think it's just the social aspect. I'm, I'm sure a lot of religion is just like the social aspect, mm. and they're like, oh yeah, it's like how many people go to church and they just, they just 100% don't believe in God. They're just there because it's like you know, it's, it's a community. Nice. It's a community thing, <laughs> like, like a Duke of Edinburgh thing. You have to get a certain amount of hours harassing people. In the street. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I think with these uh, denominations, small minorities, and um, kind of schisms and things like Mormonism and Jehovah's Witnesses, I think there's an element of because they've they've uh, diverted from the mainstream things like CV uh, or Catholicism because of their beliefs about things like transubstantiation and the fact that there's other prophets and things so I, I think belief comes into everything it with those planet. Huh? Mormonism everything gets planet if you're good enough you get a planet that you um that you become if you're not no. what yeah, yeah so like if, you, if you're like Everyone gets their own planet. Yeah, I, thought, I thought everyone just goes to a planet. No, everyone gets like oh, a planet. So like, if, if you're really like a That's legit Mormon me. and you get people to like, you get a lot of like, it's like like Mormonism is like recruitment. If you get like loads, if you run up those numbers and you put like your fucking numbers at the top of the board, you get your own planet. Well, what's what's that thing? Like, the, I mean, they, they, there's a mandatory. Is it a year or two years? They have to oh, yeah, go yeah, out they missionaries. Go, um, yeah. Mission. Mm. They go on a mission. Well, yeah, an, and yeah, they have to have an elder with them at all times. Yeah, so like, there's, so there's a there's an incredible documentary on it. Um, I think you showed me. I think it's called yeah. Meet the Mormons. Yeah, and uh, it's really worth watching, and it just shows how uh, toxic and just horrible it is to, to be a, a Mormon missionary. And yeah, they, so they have a, a a quota. They have to convert. I think. Four people in two years, it might be. I think they, they have to have a period of life that's two years, and they, and they can't be unsupervised. This is something that we talked to them about, and we were like, so which one of you is the elder? And they were like, oh, I am. And it's like, right, so can he not go into the other room and talk to us? Or, and they're like, no, 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 definitely not. It's like, apparently he can't go swimming on his own. It's like, oh, yeah, it's just for safety. It's like, yeah, but... He can't go swimming on his well, own. They have, and they also have to wear special underwear, sanctioned by... They can't just wear normal yeah. underwear. Um, like, Mormon... Parties and clubs. Is it made out of papyrus? Like what's it, I don't know. It's, what it's it? just it's just underwear. But um, it, apparently it's just normal. It's just they it, it, it can't just wear boxes from Primark. They have to wear special Mormon underwear. This is just like you know when you you like join something like a you know like a let's say join a football team and you're like yeah you have to buy your own kit though mm. and these socks you have to wear them and they're a hundred pounds. <laughs> they're just selling their own like special Mormon pants. Yeah. And they, they have this uh, awful budget. They can't drink coffee. It's just it's just the worst kind of life. It they seem very happy though. Yeah, because they they got they got a purpose, but it's made up. Well, do, yeah, but I mean, how much do you guys do you think it's because they're the personality types of the people who get sort of indoctrinated into Mormonism or whatever are those kind of people that are a bit just like a bit off. Well, you got you got to remember that um, Missouri and everything like Mormonism is massive. Like a lot of these people come from those places and they. Oh, and there's Mormon communities here, uh, uh, literally here as well. There's one down the road. Um, there's also a, a, a Christian Science building. Here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mary Baker Eddy. Jesus, Jesus was a scientist. Yeah. What is what is the deal with that? Because no, I don't know anything about that. Like, I just um, see that and I'm like, what? What's going on there? They think that prayer can heal anything. Right. So they, is it just like one of these things where they're just trying to sort of mash together science it's just faith healing faith um, it, 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 it's an opposition to science they, uh, yeah okay. it, it's just it's just awful it's, it's, I don't know I, I don't know why we treat ideas like that with reverence it's like if, if, if you want to believe in that personally if you want to believe in nonsense that's fine that's your prerogative and, but when it comes to public conversation it's like that's not spirituality doesn't add something special in any way to it's not when you say I'm um, um, I went to church the other night, or I went to badminton the other night. I don't think there's anything special about the church element necessarily. But but then you we could yeah we could apply like the seven, the seven exactly. things and probably go. Oh, badminton's actually like a semi-religious activity. I don't want to sound like some kind of crazy militant secularist, even though I don't I don't think that term makes much sense. But like, let's say you want to go to work and you you say oh, I I can't 
serve somebody meat because I'm Jewish or whatever. I think if you're a vegetarian and you also have that disagreement, you, you're in no worse situation. It's something you deeply believe. Yeah. I think existentialism and spirituality are the same thing. We just give them different words. So if I, if I had a very deeply held philosophy, I don't know why that should be treated any differently to... I think it's just as rich and just as valid. It's equivocal. Well, the, you, know, you might say, well, the distinction there is the number of believers, perhaps. Um, yeah, but that... Whether, whether, like we said about the external validation of cults being based mm. on popular opinion, do, mm. do yeah. people also call, well, okay, well, your beliefs are just your own as opposed to these beliefs that are held by lo- loads of numbers of people and thus are validated just by public perception. But then by historical circumstance, uh, millions of things get believed and validated and internally validated constantly, like circumcision, how crazy is that? But mm. lots of cultures do it, so we, we just yeah, carry on doing it. F- FGM and just, those are horrible things. Yeah, I was going to say, like, circumcision has, like, actual sort of medical benefits, yeah. but FGM is just like... Yeah. Medical mm. benefits. Well, not anymore. Well, yeah, n- not but yeah, not anymore. It so has, no, no, has. People are... have learned to wash under their fur <coughs> skin, so well, it's yeah, like yeah. there are there <laughs> are there, there are there are several some things, but it's there, like it's 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 at least that you can go. Okay, that was kind of like a hygiene thing back in the desert. Right, back in the F- day. FG, FGM is like sewing some like removing. Well, I don't know. It, I mean, it, like, it, oh, that's probably. And it's like sometimes you talk to people and they're like. I've talked to people they generally go oh we shouldn't be interfering in culture like, mm, that's literally just mutilation of a child what the fuck is wrong with you there's like there's, there's a point where we have to just go it's, yeah it's cultural it's relativism just, gone utterly bonkers yeah we just have to go oh that's actually insane you're mad let me do it like, really starts to come in, in uh, the dissonance between our sort of ethical conduct as a society and what a lot of these sort of and cultural practices. Cultural practices. Yeah. Yeah. We, want, we want everyone to be able to do everything. And be like, oh yeah, we don't want to offend anyone's feelings. We want everyone to be happy. But, but do yeah, the things we, they want. We need to discuss these ideas. Yeah. You know, as long as we're not saying you can't do that, you know. But like, FGM is like, yeah, probably we're not, can't do that. We, we're, yeah, of course. Yeah, when it comes to ethical things. But when it, even when it comes to cultural practices, I mean, we can all just talk about cultural practices in a nice, you know, constructive way. That's basically what we're doing right now. People don't have to... I mean, we're talking about political correctness now. We've gone way off from UFOs, but yeah. it's because they're boring. We want to talk about Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> Have any of you guys ever seen a UFO? Yes. Well, I mean, you no. see them all the time because you're not capable yeah. of identifying them. <laughs> 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 exactly. like, I don't like, know the serial number yeah, of plane. Exactly. Yeah, you need Pitts' fucking plane tracker. So nobody's been... Yeah, have, have you? I'll tell you what I've seen that could be attributed to lack of sleep and when I was a kid. Mm. It was crazy Christmas Eve, right? Mm. And I know what you're thinking, you're going to say that I saw Santa Slayer. I think that's what I interpreted that as the time. So it was like, you saw up, Santa? woke up in the middle of the night, it's actually an Elo here. black out, and it was like, <laughs> you know, you see like, you know, you see planes in the sky and there's lights and stuff yeah. flashing. So I saw that, but it was like very, very close up. And I kid you not, it was going like the motion you'd imagine a slate going. <laughs> and, like, my seven-year-old mind was like, I'm going to piece that together, and I think that's probably what it is. Yeah. But I never found out what it was. Because yeah. I don't think it was a plane. I'm not sure it was. a really drunk pilot. Yeah. <laughs> Just going like constantly up and So down. to me, that was a UFO. I'm sure it was an explanation, but I never found out what. Yeah. That's about it for me. <laughs> Have you been probed? I haven't been probed. We need to talk about it, unfortunately. So uh, <laughs> I need some editing on this one. Speaking of probing, I've got just found something in my notes. No, um there's a a shift in the narrative of uh, abduction stories. So in the 40s, they were given this very negative edge. So people would be like, shit, I got abducted, that's bad. But a few years later, a few couple of decades later, you, there starts to be a shift into them being... I mean, you could almost run the analogy of spirit journeys. I was chosen. Yeah. yeah. And it's always like a peaceful thing. They showed, me, they showed me the way of the universe and they made me a bacon sandwich and I fucking loved it. I want to go back. And it, so yeah, but before it was kind of sweaty probing. <laughs> it was it was a violation, and now it's like it's a uh, a bit of grace, you know, from above. Mm. I'm special. Yeah, and I and I think I think that is why a lot of people join these groups and a lot of join any group. Yeah, this is narcissism. I'm special because I'm part of the only people that know the real truth, which is that we're going to tag onto a comet. So, 
talking about the legitimacy of these religions, the last part of what I was writing about, did you get did you get that far? I did. I finished the thing. Oh, nice. The you're surprised. Yeah, I just typed it into fucking completethisessay.com. Like made up religions, like Jediism. What well, do we think of that? Well, do we think they're I legitimate mean, religions? Well, it's, it's satire, aren't they? Like this church that's flying spaghetti monsters. It's satire. Jediism, I don't think it is. No, it is. It's a bit of satire. I think it's got. I think. I think it began as satire. Maybe it's got out of hand. Well, I'm sure there's obviously um, you know aberrant folk in the in Jediism. Jediism is just, just it, fucking Taoism. I, I think <laughs> it has. A, I think it has a satirical origin. Um, but I think the point that we can extrapolate from that is just as meaningful as a lot of what religion has to say. Um, so when people do like protest votes, for instance, that's still a valid um, kind of expression of a political opinion. If they vote uh, Church of the Blind Spaghetti Monster or whatever, and, you know, I, I, Monster Over Looney Party, sorry. Church of the Blind Spaghetti Monster and, and Pastafarianism and everything, that, that is a commentary itself on legitimacy and um, authority I think. I think originally it was it was a lot of sort of part of a debate about like okay so if so and so can have religious headdress in you know yeah it's it's even if it's wrong you still have to then go okay so why is that wrong um what does this say about political correctness where where do we draw this line and it it, it invites that conversation of going well what's legitimate and what's What's not? Can you put a pond on your head? How is that less? <laughs> how is that less That's rich? So it's good. like it, it's still saying something. So you know, and, and it, like you could say, like okay, well, it's, it's the numbers of people that believe this. So let's say uh, five thousand people start doing that, yeah. which they did with Jediism. Well, Jediism was like the fourth largest yeah. religion in the UK. Yeah. So I, I don't know it, how it screwed up to the census. Like, yeah, it was crazy on a census, wasn't it? Because like, mm. like, you know, it was just people play a joke basically but yeah but once it gets on that sentence yeah then you have to seriously question okay so how are we actually validating this now yeah if we also have numbers now yeah so that it literally is just the thing about numbers then isn't it mm. it's just how many people are saying journalism oh shit it's enough that we have to be like mm, we have to pretend to treat this as a religion now mm. we all maybe the people behind journalism took it a bit more seriously when they realized they actually have a bit more following just like four or five people on a flat going, oh, tell them we're fucking Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, and I th- I'm pretty sure Church of the Science because that was, that was an Australian thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course. But, uh, of course it was. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the thing <laughs> with, I mean, Star Wars itself has this massive community of people just waving lightsabers around. There's, there is a there is a massive there's a culture. So it's a subculture. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Most definitely. Um, someone Tiara is a, an academic that wrote on. Um, the fact that these religions should be called fiction-based rather than invented, to distinguish them from just no, utter nonsense things like Jediism, because they actually contribute to the, to the wider conversation. Right. But then L. Ron Hubbard was a fiction writer. Yeah, so yeah. Like, <laughs> and one of the most uh, has published probably I think he has the world Guinness World Records of most published works of fiction ever. Awesome. Which is kind of you know. Yeah, I, I like this. L. Ron Hubbard's been doing bits, just he's throwing he's books out there. Fuck yeah. you, Steve. Turning them out, yeah. Wow. Where well, he just has like um, Scientology slaves chained to like typewriters, just like yeah, all that. But yeah, I mean, well, I've got to got to open the question. Like, what do you think about the whole Scientology trying yeah. to now be a legitimate religion? <laughs> we got that. To a cult, which it is. I mean, like like we said, there's not much difference. I think we can still distinguish between good and bad religions and secular and spiritual religions. So I don't think we need, really need to throw the term cult out there. Although cult does help. To be honest, um, do you think that actual religions should even have certain forms of status, as far as like the law is concerned and tax is concerned? Not at all, because I, I think um, that definitely not tax. The amount of money that I think property that the church owns, the Scientology owns, is like in America is like one of the biggest owners' property. Oh, yeah, huge. Well, I, I, yeah, like I don't think there's any mental. substance to religion that isn't already there in uh, secular philosophy. If if you're gonna do, if you know things are just as meaningful without the spiritual element yeah. so you don't add anything special onto a statement by putting God in front of it unless you can prove that God exists but you can't so basically you're just saying that you happen to feel very strongly about something which is fine uh, as long as it's not harmful but do you think that tradition is an important part in this like yeah, the fact of something having been more Sure, but I think many traditions I mean, are secular anyway. Longer. 
Yeah, I think I I, I do. Yeah, I was of course, especially in uh, in Christianity in um, in the UK. I won't deny it. Christianity has a very strong cultural influence, but I don't think that exempts it from uh, discussion and criticism. And I don't think that I don't I don't think it gives it any more special status. I think, in fact, the the more cultural influence something has, I think the more we should talk about it. I think it's just it's just a, it's just a bit outdated. It's just like churches had tax exempt status back in the day. And they just haven't got around to going. Oh, we should probably start. Well, we're you know, still we not secular. Back in. It's not a secular country yet. I think. Yeah. I, 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 it's I, weird. I know, our know, population it's, is, but yeah. our state isn't. And it's know, the opposite to America. It's yeah. the opposite effect. Yeah. It's just weird that I think it's just, they should just get rid of the whole tax exempt thing off. Well, off a, religion it, in general. It, we tend to lump religion in with things like sex and race, and it's like but you choose your religion. Yeah. Unless you're Jewish, in which case. It's, you choose your sex, Connor. What do you mean? Two days, huh? What do you mean? You choose your sex. <laughs> you choose your gender. You don't choose, choose your sex. I'm a one. I'm a one sex. But you don't choose it. You you are it. If you ask any transgender person, they say, "Well, no, I am this." Oh yeah. yeah. You know. I guess. You don't. Yeah. You don't just go. Oh, I'll wake up as a woman tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure someone has before, but like, that's not the transgender argument. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with with religion. I, don't, I mean, it's a choice. It's a lifestyle choice. It's not when you say, "Oh, I, d- I don't want to. Oh, I want my cow to slit its throat." Hello. This isn't. This isn't dark energy coming from you, Connor. It's like, well, why? Oh, because I believe something. Well, the cow doesn't. So, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? Yeah. Why should the cow suffer because of your beliefs? Or? You believe in something you can't prove. That's fine. All more power to you. You can sit at home and believe that. That's fine. You could bring its influence into into wider society as long as you don't force it but the cow doesn't believe that so mm. it's like the cow is not uh, you know anyway Thetans yeah <laughs> yeah so can does, someone, does anyone actually know what's going on with Scientology like the details of what what what, what, what no, the UFO-iness not even in they Scientology. know because <laughs> yeah, you know level 49 Thetans you Isn't buy books Zerg? and they There's scam all. you until you become level something and then you transcend to another planet well, it's like it's like we're all um, we're all like the descendants of people who got thrown in a volcano and then that okay. that boiled them down and created souls that flew into our bodies we saw the John Travolta movie about it, didn't we? That he sunk oh, all his money. Like Battlefield Earth. Yeah. yeah. That do- the documentary. But it's Dutch angles and stuff. Yeah, it is. So, um, but I mean, like, do, what do you know actually? Like, what's supposed to happen? So, when you're when you're a super thetan, so what happens? And are you connected? So to we, we should probably break this down a little bit more. So I think mean, so you just get you get that truth revealed to you that we're all that we're all like souls that have come. There was like a big war between two warlords. And then there was uh, alien warlords, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course, alien warlords. Yeah. <laughs> not normal warlords, not fucking Captain Mosquito, what his name is. So, so what is it? So our souls are alien souls. I think, I think our we used soul. to be, uh, right. So something like we used to be alien. There was some super rights of aliens, and yeah, like, yeah. like humanity are. I don't know what our relationship with humanity is, but basically, um, if we have a high enough thetan level, I think that means that you become more closer to, to becoming one of these alien things or transferring your soul into one of these alien things or seeing parts of that world is something like that where it's like you become closer with these alien beings of some can, sort. Can, we, can, we quickly just, can we just do a pause we'll edit all this out well hang on you, we'll, you we'll, go, find, we'll find out what Scientology you go, you go, up, you go up levels don't you yeah, yeah. And the, so, so there's like this, covered, this is coveted revelation so it's, like, which is, it's like a freemium pay to win game it's like you just pay yeah. to get up the levels. Yeah. So it's, it's like you go, oh yeah, well then and you get like you get like drip fed knowledge, and then so, like when you get to level forty nine, you get told about the, the the galactic war and how all of our souls were put into bodies after the aliens used that as a way to escape by throwing themselves into a volcano. Considering Elrond Hubbard is dead, technically it doesn't fit the the exact definition of a cult because its leader is no longer alive, its founder is no longer. So well, that, that's only according to like the really ropey guidelines published by like some fucking. Yeah. It, was, it was an archive <laughs> BBC fucking intern at the fucking BBC. <laughs> she went, oh shit, only twenty words on a cult. Went, yeah, it's got to be. I mean, I mean, I'm sure what they would probably say is, well, there's other leaders now that have filled that definition or something. You know? Is, is it, yeah, but if you have like a leader yeah. slash whatever. I mean, I don't know who. I'm guessing there is a single leader at the moment. Yeah, I can't remember his name. So. Well, I, I guess, I guess it just, it just takes the same. I mean. In Islam, uh, Muhammad is, is dead, but then his his the word of the prophet isn't. So 
you know, it continues. And that, I mean, that's that's what the whole the the Shunny, the word, the Sunny yeah. Shia split is all about, you know, the, and the Twelvers and everything. It's like, it's to do with the succession of Muhammad and um, basically where the, the, the lineage goes. Yeah, so that's how you get the distinction between Sunnis and Shiites. So it's like, there's like a family tree split. Especially I, who is the most legitimate, closest thing to the Prophet? Is it like, you know, to do with like his disciples, essentially? Is it like the disciples who hold them more? It, or is it like to do with like trying to trace direct family members or is it like disciples you know there's like different claims to who is the original who is like now the closest to the original prophet muhammad and that sort of thing and um and that's how you sort of get different but it is it is a mess and i don't know enough about it to be able to give a detailed explanation of i i studied it for about six months and and, uh it was incredibly confusing to be honest Mm. but um it's confusing enough just trying to track uh because obviously there's the hadith which is everything he said and he would have had to have lived to about 200 and never stopped talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same with the Buddha, words. like all these quotes going around about the Buddha and, and you know, he's supposed to have said like all these different things. No, he didn't say it, half of that shit. People, people went, oh, this is a cool thing. Oh, we'll say we'll say the big guy said it back in, and they attribute it backwards. Some Islamic feminists have actually pointed out that the, the Hadith contains just a lot of stuff from his friends that they made up into oh. certain versions of the Hadith. Like, like like the different versions of the Bible and like the interpretations of that. Yeah, so it's like, I'm, I'm sure some of it's legitimate that he actually said, of course it is, but um, it's yeah, it's kind of coming from from where that is. Well, mo- most Muslims don't have any problem with the authenticity of the Quran, but then the Hadith is secondary literature. Really. We don't really have that in Christianity, so yeah, it, it, we don't really have a second source of authority, so it's like, it, holds, it adds up a new whole new dynamic, really, with where they get their authority from and revelation because it's basically revelation it's not supposed to be on paper but it ends up being something that ordinary Muslims quote to each other all the time the hadith just little snappy like it's part of part of like it's like yeah like, like almost the way we'll use like film references or something like that it's like a, is it like that yeah well there's like a little um, one of them I remember is like something like a, um, a man who follows a woman's advice is an idiot and it's like (laughs) (laughs) Mohammed 2k12 and it's like uh, this is the one that one of the ones that she points out that that's not what Mohammed said that's what someone else said and then wrote it in and there's there's like there's so many different versions of hadith yeah authenticity is is yeah it's just sort of gerrymandering depending on Mm. who who wants the their definition to be but but then the 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 Quran is supposed to be um, word for word exactly the word of God uh, through Muhammad's basically a conduit when he wrote yeah, that, yeah. Um, which is uh, more. I suppose the Quran is more like interpretable and sort of uh, a bit more difficult to understand. You know the precise meaning of what any particular part of it sort of says. And you sort of open it, just like you know. It's, it's written in it's table, written in you know. prose, which does make it harder. But I don't think it's necessarily more difficult than the Bible. Um, but yeah, yeah the, I mean the Bible in itself is you know there's enough controversy over like de- trying to translations yeah. and trying to figure it's, out it's what definitely, the true meaning of this phrase is or what. It's more it has more rigidity in terms of its authority than the Bible um, mm. within its religion. The Bible is parts of it are metaphor, parts of it are prose, and they're not just like has a, Noah's Ark is is a is symbolic, but th- there's not that much in the Quran that's symbolic. It's more, it more literal, literal yeah. and it's also this idea that a lot of Islamic theologians have struggled with is the idea that God is eternal, but then he reveals his work later. And it's like, there's conversations as well when um, uh, some of the, the prophets kind of change God's mind about things. It's like, well, how is that happening if he's eternal and immutable? And so theologians, it's interesting to see the responses, how they get around these problems. It, it's, I mean, it's not, it's, it's, it's quite a good book to read, to be honest. It's uh, as interesting as the Bible. Yeah. I'll put it on there. It's like put on the reading Rich and Judy's <laughs> fucking book club. <laughs> Four stars. <laughs> the Quran. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think everyone should um, give it a little read. It might make us uh, kind of get get more to grips with Islam. I don't think people like talking about Islam and Islamic art and. Well, I don't know. Is, don't Islamic know. art is like the fucking craziest thing ever. Their style of art and yeah, same same with Judaism. Did you just kill a bee? Yeah, I t- it's a wasp and I mashed into a carpet a little bit. You're Sorry, <laughs> you're, you're single-handedly responsible for the loss of honeybees. Now, even though you killed a wasp. Well done, Joe. How does that work? 
Well done. It's just the law of uh, thermodynamics. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was that.